1: How about that? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I've been uh, handing these things out here for 18 years, and tonight I get to keep one.
2: That' Not bad. <laughs> not bad.
1: 19th year of the Diamond Awards.
2: Your career with the Minnesota Twins and the television broadcast. I mean, now you've had a little bit of time to reflect on kind of uh, the, the impact you've made on Twins territory and the impact Twins territory has made on you. What I guess. Uh, how are you doing emotionally about all of
1: this? Well, I, I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to spending a Minnesota summer that isn't tethered to a baseball schedule. <laughs> I haven't done that in 40 years. Yeah. Um, but it, it's kind of. I've, I've told people it's kind of like puberty, where you're always. If you remember, it was a long time ago for you, it was, not as long yeah. as for me. But right. it's kind of like puberty, where you're always in between things, yeah. right? Yeah. well it's kind of like that for me I, i'm 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 too old to hook on with another team i'm too young to run for president so i mean i <laughs> way I, I, too I, young I, way too young i'm trying to figure out you know what uh, what life is going to be like but i'm looking forward to it and i got an opportunity here on your show jason i i just want to thank twins fans because they've been outstanding uh in recent months in supporting me and my decision and and encouraging me that uh, a 40-year run was uh, impactful for them. I know it was for me, the the Twins organization. And, and being from this region, uh, I just was really blessed for 40 years. Dick Braver is with us. The outpouring
2: was immediate. Um, and it has to be overwhelming, right, when you think of yourself, because you've never been really like a look-at-me kind of broadcaster.
1: No, and um, I've always felt it's about the game, and I didn't feel comfortable with all the attention that was given with the announcement made uh, a couple of months ago. Um, and I, I, have a, I had a great role model in Herb Carneal. I'm mm-hmm. getting his award uh, tonight because, you know, I'm WCCO yeah herb was doing baseball ray christensen was doing basketball and football and you didn't even have to ask them why or how they were able to last a long time in this business you could just listen to them because Mm -hmm. they always focused on the game not on themselves and not just for me but for any broadcaster that's a pretty good uh, model to follow this week has been something else
2: with Joe Maurer getting in first ballot Hall of Fame. I went back this morning and read a little bit uh, from your book and the chapter of your book where you talked about that final broadcast uh, of Joe Maurer's career, that final moment. When you when you think of that game, you, you didn't know that
1: he was going to put on the catching gear. We were told uh, while we were on the air in the bottom of the eighth inning that this is all going to happen. And I understand the reason for the secrecy, right? That's what made it such a special moment. No one, very few people knew that he was going to come out and catch a pitch in the in the uh, top of the ninth inning. So we were told, like, two outs in the eighth inning, and it's I'm on the air. Then we didn't go to break. And so kind of on the fly, I had to figure out, okay, I don't want to screw this up. This is a big deal, right? And we're you didn't just, want
2: to give it away. I didn't want to
1: give it away. And so I'm I'm... Tap dancing waiting for Maurer's helmet to come bobbing up the steps of the home dugout. I knew it was gonna happen, but I had to kinda of play it along and 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 tap dance as I said, and then I saw the helmet coming up the steps and I knew now's the time to wrap it up and let the moment. Uh, take over and the fans got into it and you just let it let it go two minutes of the fans just going crazy what am i going to say to add to the emotion (laughs) that was already evident on the field and it really in 40 years it really was one of the more special moments i was proud to be a part of
2: did you expect joe to get into the hall of fame this week
1: i um i had this discussion with justin morno uh during the season this past year and I got a, a kind of a puzzled, confused look from him. But I said, I, I think he's going to go in. I'm more convinced now. This was last summer. I'm more convinced now that he's going to go in on the first ballot than I was when he retired. And he said, well, now why is that? And I said, I think it's because he spoiled us. And, and we grew to expect the game to be played at his level from that position for so long. And then and this is no reflection on Ryan Jeffers or any of the other catchers in Major League Baseball, we realized, having watched what the state of catching is in Major League Baseball over the last several years, we realized how special he was, not just as a hitter, but as a defender behind the plate, too. And so as time went along, and absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I think that's the main reason why I was not not the least bit surprised that we got the news that we got the other day. It is interesting
2: that today you're much uh, more able to compare players across generations uh, because of the analytics and the statistics that uh, have been created. And so Mauer's stats are sort of a no-brainer, mm-hmm. which I think to those of us who watched joe play as you did uh every (laughs) just about every game of his career from beginning to end there's something about baseball that that as a hitter you're going to fail you know six or seven times out of ten and if you watch every game sometimes it doesn't stand out like wow what a monster joe was Back in,
1: in those days. It was interesting over the last couple of days to see Maurer highlights. Hitting <laughs> highlights, right? And the thing that struck me was the swing was the same. Yes. Singles, I noticed that too. Singles, just doubles, home runs. Yeah. And the pitch, you know, the pitch wasn't coming in at the same speed, or <laughs> nor was it in the same location. Yeah. But the swing never changed. And it's just remarkable. And when you have really good... Left-handed hitters like Justin Morneau saying uh, it was just incredible. Joey Votto said something as well about Maurer's swing and how he watched it and he studied it and he studied it. And, again, I think he just spoiled so many of us who were able to see excellence at that level. Uh, And then, of course, when he was gone, we were reminded, I think, how difficult it is to to hit successfully in the big leagues.
2: Dick Bramer is with us. Dick, don't you think some of it, though, was because – the team struggled so much that when you think of iconic memories of an iconic player, so often it's a postseason moment. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees just had our number. Right. So when you think of those Maurer moments, I think for a Twins fan looking at it, it's, it's different than like the Kirby Puckett moments.
1: Right. And I think too, Joe did uh, made one huge mistake in his career. The only mistake he made, and that is win the American League MVP <laughs> in 2009 because he hit 28 home runs. He did not play in April. He didn't. He was hurt, and he didn't start playing until early May. And he still hit 28 home runs, drove in 90 some runs, hit, won a batting title that year. And it's like it was, it's impossible. But he he just got better. And then the Twins moved outside. And the numbers weren't there anymore. It's not his fault, of course, but he, he spoiled so many Twins fans with that one year of absolute brilliance, winning a league MVP when he didn't even play the first month of the year. And, uh, you know, that's what I will remember about him. Mm-hmm. How in that season, I think he won the gold glove that year, too. Uh, there wasn't a better baseball player in either league that year. Dick Bramer with us. I know you
2: love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. How annoyed are you at
1: the <laughs> weather this winter well um as i shared with you before we did this segment last year we couldn't get outside because it was too snowy what did we get 90 inches of snow something inches. like that record number freezing uh, cold record. tons of snow and then when it wasn't snowing it was 23 below yes so we couldn't get outside ice well, now we can't get now we can get outside but what are you going to do i like to cross-country ski there's no snow i like to go ice fishing there's no ice so this has been odd, and somewhere between this winter and last winter is a typical Minnesota winter, and maybe we'll have that next year.
2: Your, uh, your family was there uh, for your last broadcast, of course.
1: Uh, well, actually, the last one was in Colorado. Oh, in Colorado, yeah, yeah.
2: that's right. Um, your, your son is a broadcaster. Yes, he is,
1: and he flew up from Pensacola, Florida. He'll be here tonight. He's a double A broadcaster for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, the double A team for the Miami Marlins. And uh, so this was going to be a special night anyway, but that I'll be able to share it, spend mm-hmm. it with my wife, my daughter, and my son will make it even more special. It's pretty cool. You look
2: at the sacrifice of, of any family related to uh, – a sports play-by-play type job you're on the road so much
1: mm-hmm. you are unavailable for so much of those kids childhoods right right and it's it's tougher in baseball um because you're gone for a week week and a half two weeks at a time uh with no breaks in between uh, in the nba and the nhl in the nfl it's one game a week and so there's that family time but my kids have just been great that's all they knew that dad was going to be around too much in the wintertime and not enough in the summer. (laughs) Uh,
2: It is something I've talked to my kids about where, you know, I appreciate the sacrifice that my kids made and my wife made along the way that, uh, I don't know, something Don Shelby said when he retired from WCCO-TV and his kids were there and were at the retirement party and he said that he told his kids that, that basically they were loaning him to the community, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, a kid, when they want you to be there for their birthday party, I don't know that they realize that what they're doing. But as adults, I think his kids really appreciated that they got the opportunity to do that and obviously there are some fun things that come come with it too
1: right it, it's a strain on the family and it's a little bit on the selfish side for any of us to devote so much of our time at least for me in the summertime yeah. Yeah. to our jobs when uh, there are family commitments that need to be met and sometimes they're not met because we're not we're not home but uh, again my wife and two kids have it's just been good. great about it yeah 40
2: years pretty awesome
1: all right. It's yeah, going to be... I, 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 you know, 40 an- uh, 40th anniversary, I believe, is the ruby anniversary. All right. And so I'm waiting for somebody to give me it's... a dozen <laughs> ruby grapefruit, and uh, and we'll celebrate that way. It's going to be grapefruit, not the not the gemstone, <laughs> that's for sure. Dick,
2: we'll have fun uh, hosting the Diamond Awards tonight, and I'm excited to see you receive your I'm range. delighted to be sharing the stage with you tonight, Jason. That's good. You know, right. you know what a fan I am of yours and have been uh, for 20 years since I moved here. It's going to be weird not hearing your voice this year, but... I'm, gr- I'm glad it's, uh, Corey Provis yep. who's taken over. Thanks. Thanks, Dick. Yep.
0: Podcasts.